Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. Hi, this is Richard Bliss, and I'm here live at Protospiel San Jose 2019, and my guest today is Brian Hank with Pull the Pin Games. Brian and I have known each other for quite a few years. Brian, it's great to see you again. Yeah, you too. Yeah, it's um, so nice. I moved down to Los Angeles and now came up to the Bay Area again, where I lived for quite a few years and hung out with you and Jeremy Commander, who's running this event, and uh, it's so nice to see everybody that, uh, you know, that that I played like played games with and created games with together and to see what they've done since since I since I moved away and ah, it's amazing. Well, well you've done a lot of yourself. Now the memory I always have is that you moved out to California. I took you to In and Out Burger for the yeah, very first time. Remember that? That, that was, was uh, that was great. <laughs> but one of the things is that you are um, Overworld Games, right? Uh, Good Cop, Bad Cop is a, a project that you put out a couple of years ago that's been very successful for you, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was six years ago now. Uh, it's been a long time. And it's done very well. Yeah, yeah, it sells as well today as it did when it first came out, which but, is unusual in this industry. It is, for six years. Yeah. And then you came out, you've been working on an expansion, you came out with a few other games, and we're going to talk about that, because what we're going to talk about is success and failure when you have that success, and then you try a few things, and then it doesn't work out, and then you pivot, as we say in the tech industry, yeah. you've, and you've pivoted because you're here with Pull the Pin Games. So tell us a little bit about the journey that got us here. Yeah, so we have launched, I believe it's been 12 Kickstarter campaigns now. So uh, we had 10 successful, two unsuccessful. Um, and we've had some, so they were, we started out small, which is what I recommend everybody does. It was a 54 card game, good cop, bad cop. And always recommend that because it reduces your risk, it's really easy to do, you can make up a whole bunch of mistakes uh, on a small game so that when you make a bigger game, a lot of people have this kind of, as Jeremy calls it, a white whale game that they're trying to get out there and it's just massive. It takes up the whole table, it's gonna cost them like, you know, like, it's like a $100 game, uh, retail price. And so uh, we started out small and we did some smaller games. We did um, Good Cop, Bad Cop, New Salem, a couple of Good Cop, Bad Cop expansions. And we started really uh, branching out to Exposed, uh, Booze Barons, which is uh, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Commander designed it actually, we just published it. Um, Barker's Row, uh, designed by um, Stephen Aramini. Um, but then, you, but, yeah. but let's jump ahead because then you kind of you mentioned that white whale. Yeah. All right. And so you guys reached for something yeah. pretty ambitious. Yeah. Um, so one so one one project we did was Total Recall. That was that was the first one. So we had some successful ones. We had like eight or so successful, a good run of successful campaigns. So what we tried to uh, we decided to try licensing because uh, one thing you get with that is you have a built-in audience of that of that intellectual property. Right. Everybody's heard of Total Recall, whether yes. the remake or the original with Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Everybody. So this was this was the original, um, and we were going to build a good cop bad cop game in this world. Oh, that was. And now on, I got to tell you, on paper yeah. that sounds awesome. It Having does. played Good Cop Bad Cop and understanding Total Recall, yeah. that's a perfect fit. It is a perfect fit, and like the that game that we created where you can like go in and out of the dream like when you get shot in the game you actually exit the dream and now you're playing outside of the dream like it just fits so well um, but there was something that we missed with uh, with explaining that to uh, to our audience and they didn't uh, they didn't really like the presentation that we went with as far as kind of art style and uh, so I, we, we missed a few things there and because people are so passionate about that property um, it, we just kind of got you know people just it didn't click with people and that we 
had to pay a lot, tens of thousands of dollars for that license. And, and let's be clear, yeah. you had to pay that money whether yeah. you made a dime oh, yeah. or not. Yep, yep, you pay that up front, it's called a minimum guarantee. So we, we paid a lot of money just to be able to uh, get to the point of you know launching a Kickstarter campaign and uh, hopefully releasing the game. Well, now when you made the game with a Total Recall, yeah. did they, once you paid the money, did they have, you know, um, creative rights to kind of come in and help design it. Yeah, they did. And and I mean, they were they were good about that, um, where they didn't ask for too many things. Right, and, and the reason I bring that up is yeah. not because of what they did, but because yeah. if anybody who's looking at intellectual property, yeah. it's one thing you're going to have to pay up mon money up front, and then you have to realize that you now have introduced a third party into the game design process. You have, yes. Right, and so I don't think people think about that. They think, no. hey, I'll just, I'll just pay for this, yeah. and I'll go do my own thing. Yeah. But they're... But they need to control their own, protect their own intellectual property because once you're done with it, yep. it needs to make sure that it still is yeah. their property. Yeah, right? yeah. Every every little uh, creative uh, you know piece of artwork, right? Everything had to be approved by them uh, before I could do anything with it. Before I could show it off. And right. It's hard enough, you know, uh, as you know, to make these games and you know do crowdfunding campaigns and. And, and right. everything else to now also have this layer of having to get these approvals throughout the process. And I have a lot of people ask me about intellectual property because they, because right, and they think they oh, think I, it's the magic bullet. They do, and we've seen uh, what was it, Evil Dead? Oh yeah, right, right, right. right. And, and that that was like what people people said. This is the game. Like, look how successful they were. Right. Look how much money they raised. And I can't remember how much it was, but it was hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. But we know. I don't know if you talked about it on your show that it didn't actually. They they didn't have enough money to actually make the game right right so that it was people used it for so long and I did too when I started getting into intellectual property I was like look with if they can do that let me go find some properties and I can do the same thing yep but now now it's kind of everyone's realizing that you know same with Terminator same kind of story yeah um, we're where, seeing it time and time again yeah now some games that some companies have been able to pull it off if we want to talk like fantasy flight which is known for basically an intellectual property machine yeah. right that's but they're backed by VC who do, that's all they're doing. Yeah. And the games are uh, marginally, <laughs> you're often buying a box of air, yeah. but that's what they've done, right? Yeah. Whether it's Lord of the Rings or whether whatever it might be, Star Wars. Uh, in your case, you learned something valuable, right? That, that, yeah. and a, it was an expensive lesson. It was very expensive. You also have to get liability insurance. That's gonna be something that's gonna be in every contract that when you get an IP. And so that's going to cost you thousands of dollars a year oh, interesting. to have that. Right. That's something that isn't necessary when you're making games you know, outside of uh, IP licensed games. Um, you don't really need that in the board game industry. You can get it. Some people you know, argue one way or the other, but nobody does it. Nobody but it's required if you're dealing with intellectual it property. It is, yeah. It's going to be in every contract. Yeah. Unless maybe if it's a small license. You and you were kind of, I mean, you've had success. Like you said, 10 Kickstarter campaigns successful. Yeah. I, I feel like I've been there almost since the beginning. You have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then, and as you've been growing, you're learning, you're doing things, you're thinking this can't be that much different, right? Yeah. I mean, in some ways, yeah. you're thinking, and then it was, it was different. Yeah, I mean, we were trying, you know, when you we're trying to make, you know, figure out how. We, at one point, when we first started, we were like, let's try to do this full time. I'm talking about Clayton, uh, my business partner, and I. So we were like, let's try to like, let's figure this out and like do this full time. Let's make money and do this full time, but. You know, the more we did it, the re more we realized that isn't very realistic. Like, it's possible, but it's most people are not going to get there. Most people in this industry are doing it as a hobby. 
They really are. So we, we I mean, we basically, we accepted that and said, this is a hobby business. You know, we're going to have fun and it's going to be something fun we do to right. learn about these things, you know. And, and it's so business, hard but, because yeah. we have the successes that we look at. Yeah. The Stonemeyer games, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. We, we look at individuals who have been able to take their passion, step away, and then suddenly they're making it work. But I remember uh, an interview I did with uh, Zev from Z-Man Games. Yeah. And up until the point where he sold, he was a sole individual doing everything with contractors and partners. And yeah. and you realize that, oh, it, it doesn't quite translate to what you see on the outside or what it is on the inside, right? Yeah. But sustaining a lifestyle oh, yeah. at the same time that you're trying to pump out product that's a capitally intensive manufacturing process, right? That yeah. anything can go wrong. Yeah. And one thing goes wrong and suddenly yeah. you're not getting a paycheck that much. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we were successful, but not that successful. You know, like, so yes. getting licensed games was a way we thought maybe it was that magic bullet. We're like, oh, that's how we make a whole bunch of money. And so now, you know, after doing it, we've done a few licensed games and they have not gone well. So Total Recall, we lost a bunch of money uh, on that. Never even made the game. We were, that campaign was unsuccessful. And we just said, we just kind of cut our losses cut and got losses. out of it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that was after tens of thousands of dollars that we, you know, lost and it's gone. And so, but now you're here, you're still going. Yeah. And you're here and now we're going to talk about, because that was, you were doing Overworlds games at the time. Yeah, yeah. And now we've, now you're here and it's pull the pin games. Yeah. But it's still good cop, bad cop, and you're showing off more prototypes here. So let's talk about now that transformation that you've done. Sure. Yeah. And um, before we go into that, there was one other thing. We tried another game, the Valiant Card Game. That okay. was one we did outside of Kickstarter. So we did another licensed game where we... We're hoping that their fan base would kind of carry us. And this was? This was the Valiant Card Game. This was after Total Recall. Okay. Because we had gotten a few licensed games uh, kind of off and like, we thought that was the new new plan. So let's let's, let's bulk up, right? Get yeah. a bunch of them yeah. in, the, in the stable and yeah. then we'll start pumping them out. Yeah, like that's what we're going to do. So we tried to pivot at that point. We tried to pivot to making licensed games. And um, so now the Valiant Card Game, we tried without Kickstarter because they didn't want us to use Kickstarter. We thought you know what, maybe we're successful enough that we can just, we don't need Kickstarter. Right. We'll just put it out there um, and all the Valiant fans will come and they'll, you know, they'll want to play this game and be a part of that universe. So um, that also did not work out. We didn't risk as much because we didn't have as much of a, uh, the IP isn't as big as Total Recall, so we didn't have to spend as much to, to purchase it to be able to make games with it. But it was still a lot of money that we invested in that. Uh, made the game and it just didn't sell very well. And so now we're, again, that was two in a row, two licensed games that we lost money on. Um, and so you, you can't make that up in volume. No, right? right? yeah, <laughs> I know. You gotta, at some point you gotta say, uh, we gotta stop. Yeah, yep. So um, we, now we're pivoting again. We're, we had, this was, actually there was one more failure too. That was New Salem, second, uh, actually an expansion to New Salem. Got it. So that was our second game, New Salem. We did an expansion to it, and that failed. That was another Kickstarter campaign that failed. We, we ended up relaunching, and it's you know a pretty big success. It was it, was, it did well. It was a thousand backers. And, That's um, good. A thousand backers. Is good. Yeah. yeah. So it was. But uh, it failed initially. Initially, and then we relaunched. We changed a whole bunch of things. Relaunched, um, and now that's fulfilling the backers right now. But um, but that initial campaign was another failure. So it was three failures in a row after a long string of successes. That's what really made us take a step back and say, what are we good at? What are we not good at? Where, where do we think the industry is going? Uh, what, where can we be successful? 
and we decided that we were making a big enough change that we we actually rebranded completely. We're no longer Overworld Games. We're now Hold the Pin Games, and uh, we're only making small box games. All going to be in the same box. They're going to be twenty dollars. You literally pull a pin to open each one, uh, and they're going to play a wide range of players. They're going to be very easy to learn, so that anybody can play it, uh, and uh, and still have some strategy for veterans too. Veterans will keep coming back because you can go down to deeper levels of strategy. So it's a very very specific type of game that we're going to be making now, and uh, we hope that. That pull the pin, that feeling you get when you open the box of pulling the pin, making games that are so similar, um, and the type of game that is just so easy to get to the table. Like these are what we realized. I looked at my collection of all these games I had, and most of them don't get played. But the ones that do get played are the ones that I can bring out with absolutely anybody, because there are a whole lot of uh, non-gamer or you know people who don't yeah. really play gamers out there that I want to play games with. And so I have all these kind of introductory games that that still have some deeper strategy that, where I can still have fun playing. And and your game, Good Cop Bad Cop, is exactly one of those games, it which is. is why I continue to buy it because I give it away. Awesome. Because Thank it's you. a great game when people are coming over. It's like, okay, what are we going to be able to pull out for a group of people? And half the group doesn't quite know how to play a game. Okay, yes. we'll pull out a deduction game like Good Cop Bad Cop, which is just a fun, silly, not silly, because it's. Because it can be kind of contentious sometimes. Sure, but it can be silly. Yeah, 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 yeah. it is. I remember uh, one time we played at uh, Pacific Con, and we are playing with Aldo Giazzi, who's yeah. been on the show. And I just decided that I didn't care what was going on. I was just going to shoot Aldo every <laughs> single time. And it didn't matter. I was just going to shoot him every... And he was getting so mad because that's not the way you play the game. It's the way I play the right. game. Right? Right? That's, so that's yeah. done very well for you, right? And yeah. it now you're finding that formula to yeah. replicate that formula. Yeah, we just announced it a week ago. So it's yet to be seen how well it's going to do. Right. We've got Good Cop, Bad Cop coming out uh, October 30th. Good Cop, Bad Cop. Uh, the third edition. Third so edition. it's the first game in this new line, this new rebranded line. Got it. Um, and I shouldn't even call it a line. It's new, the new company. You right. Know? So it's the first game, and that's coming out. So we'll see how well that does. Um, third edition of Good Cop, Bad Cop. And then the Zorro Dice game is coming to Kickstarter in from when we're recording this in two days. So okay. by the time it's live, it'll probably be a live campaign. Well, that's the second game in the in the in, pull, in the the pull the pin. Yeah. And that's the Zorro Dice game. Now I see the, I haven't, you were playtesting it. No, are you playtesting it here? I haven't yet, but I think today I'm going to playtest it okay. at, at San Jose. Because I, I like the look. We're looking over at the table right now amongst the crowd, and it's a good-looking game, uh, dice game, quick, fast. So it sounds like you, it's a formula that you're finding a, a, replica, a replicable yeah. Success formula. So. Yeah, yeah, and it, so yeah, everything about these games is it's going to be easy to get them to the table. So what's the Kickstarter? Um, the um, like when is it or what? Do no, you mean? what what game is going on Kickstarter? Oh, that's the Zoro Dice. Oh, game. the Zoro yeah, Dice. Yeah, game. yeah. Okay, that one's going out. All right. Yep. So that one's going to go out live yeah. on Tuesday. We're recording here on Sunday. Yeah. So this should. Uh, we'll try to get the episode out on Wednesday, so it goes out right after the awesome. the, yeah. the podcast goes live. The Kickstarter goes live. Brian, I really appreciate that you sharing some of these insights because there's a lot of people out here who are probably going to make similar mistakes yep. as they kind of stumble their way into finding their way along. Is there any advice that you would pass along to somebody then who's kind of got their game, maybe they were successful on Kickstarter once because more and more people now have a dozen under their belt and yeah. what, what would you tell them? Man. I mean, a lot. You can prepare, you know, you can prepare and like, you know, of course, like Jamie's, you know, uh, 
blogs and you know your podcast and there's a lot of good resources out there but I mean a lot of it you're you kind of just gotta figure out what you do well figure out what people want in games and uh, a lot of it is just gonna be experimenting and just try to reduce the risk and you know what maybe more than anything um, don't don't think of this as I need to do this. I need to succeed so that I can stop doing my day job and do this full time. Just get that out of your mind. If you if you're if you're doing this for that reason, you're gonna it could like ruin your life. So don't think of it that way. If that's if if that's who you are and you need to start your own business to be successful and have that be, you know, uh, how you earn your living, find another industry. This is not the industry for you find one that people are less passionate about people who will who aren't doing this as as a hobby and being able to you know in are fine not making any money and that's an excellent that's an excellent point even when uh we're talking about jamie because he was on the show in the early days right after he started going and he still was doing his game company while he was working right on the weekends after hours and even when he was raising a lot of money on kickstarter he still was staying conservative yeah. in some ways and yeah. I think he's a he's a perfect example of somebody who's been successful by being conservative yes so yeah do this as your hobby business and be happy doing that forever as your hobby business that's the biggest advice I would give to anybody if you if you uh, you know hit it big and you know you have made enough profit to like sustain you for the next like two years then okay maybe it's time to quit your day job and do it but that is uh, very unlikely to happen. But so yeah, just just make sure you know this is not a full-time job. This is this is your, your And how do people find out uh, more information from you? Where do they go? You can go to pull pullthepingames.com now. Um, there's a dash in between each of those words. So probably just search for it on Google or Okay, or, search or, for it and yeah. it's or zorodicegame.com. Yeah, Zorro Dice Game and Good Cop, Bad Cop, and all yeah. of those are, you can find those out there. Yeah. Brian, this has been great. Thanks yeah. for joining. Thank you journey. so much. Yeah, so great to see you. And yeah, San Jose Protospiel, we didn't even talk about that convention. If you're, you know, a designer in this area, keep an eye out for the next one of these. Jeremy does an amazing job running this convention. But even if you're not in the area, right? You yeah. came up from L.A., there are people from all over. Because this is now the largest in the U.S. when it yeah. comes to, and there's a lot of people here as, yeah. we're, as we're having some fun. We're on yeah. day three. Yeah. This is three days of only game design, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., just people playtesting games, and it's you're going to make you're going to make the most progress on your game if you come here to this show than any other convention that you'll ever you go You really to. are. You're going to get intense feedback from yeah. a lot of skilled people who know what they're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Brian, thanks again. Yeah, thank you so much.